to the Domestics Podcast. It's Mike Tomolaris here. This is episode eight of the Tour Down Under series. It's our final episode. The TDU has come to a tremendous finale. Jay Vine, the Australian from the UAE team, has claimed the country's biggest stage race in his first attempt. We will unpack the stage to Mount Lofty and look back on a wonderful week where cycling dominated, both as a sport and for those of us who just love to ride our bikes. So plenty coming up as we welcome the man who lights up any room and any bunch ride, Lee Hollywood Turner. Hello, Holtz. Welcome, Mike, and welcome, Matilda. Yes, welcome to the woman who puts us in our place, Hollywood. She does it every episode, and rightly so. Hello, Tills. Evening, guys. Well, I'll start by saying um, the tea to you. Hollywood, how will you remember it? I remember it was just another great week in... uh... (laughs) It is cycling, uh, schoolies for cyclists, great week, uh, uh, fun riding with friends, lots of stuff to see and do, and there's a bike race as well, and I'm just uh, happy that Yates and Giant and Kadex got a win today, so we didn't go home empty-handed and Bling got the sprint jersey, so a great week. Jules, just a quick summary, a few words about the week for you. Um, I think it was a very different week. I was fortunate to be down there with the women, um, which I loved, um, felt a little bit detached from the men's race. And unfortunately today, it just, I don't know, it felt a little bit flat actually, I think because Channel 7 really struggled with the coverage. Um, and so I've, I'm hoping that on the ground was a lot more exciting. Hollywood, unfortunately, Channel 7, they, in the last, like, it wasn't adverts. It was just like in the last 20 10, 5K, they just wouldn't stay with the race. They just kept going to like, let's have a look at the previous stages. Let's have a look at the best moments from stage three. Let's talk about the tourism of the um, McLaren Vale. And this is with 5K to go of the last stage of a, of a world tour event. And it, I can just, I, there's no way that they would do that in the final quarter of an AFL match. They wouldn't put the match in a small box in the corner whilst they play out highlights of the previous quarters of the game. So it, we found ourselves screaming at the TV for them to just stay with the race, stop trying to build all these other things around it. You can tell the people who are making calls there aren't cyclists because the main event, the excitement, um, the entertainment was the race in itself. We didn't need all this other gaff that was being pulled in. And I am seeing similar things on, you know, people commenting, just saying, well, thankfully it's just a one-week tour. But so it sort of didn't bring as much excitement to the last stage um, as a viewer on TV. But I think still, you know, credit to Stuart O'Grady, it looked like a great tour. And, you know, the 1-2 on GC, we're fighting it out on the final stage. And that's that's what you want to see. Yeah, look, we made those comments earlier in the week about Channel 7 and you rightly said that uh, I probably will never get a job there in the future, Hollywood. But look, uh, it's great that uh, Tills has backed it up. Uh, Channel 7 have got uh, very little idea. And I'm not talking about those who are commentating or those who uh, whose profession is producing and directing. I think they've been directed, uh, the people on the ground, by those of a higher authority. Uh, and that's the reason. I mean, it's a bit like SBS uh, showing the AFL Grand Final. It's not their specialty. So... 
um, the question might be asked, why do the commercial networks do world cycling when some may argue that they really don't have any idea? That's why I always say VPN and GCN. If you're fair to convert your cycling, you get the VPN. I know, you get but GCN. Hollywood, well, you have to support local. Like you have to, like that's all well and good. But if we all did that, we wouldn't have any investment from um, local governments and uh, local sponsors and local TV networks, which you know keep the sport alive in in Australia. So. I hope I hope feedback will be taken on board with Channel Seven. It's been a long time since they've done something like this, um, and if not, then I hope you know. I just would love SBS to step up and take it and have Matt Keenan back at the at the helm. Mm. On that note, let's just have a pause for a commercial break, uh, Tills, because mm-hmm. uh, I want to remind everybody that the domestiques would not be possible without the support of our very good friends, Black Sheep Cycling Apparel, uh, and they've been with us. Uh, John Paulson, uh, Paulson has been with us since day one, and uh, we're very grateful for the Honan Insurance Group for playing a big part in making it happen in 2023. And this is the first, we hope, of uh, many series coming up uh, during the course of the year. And remember, the Honan Insurance Group, it's not an insurance company. Honan Insurance Group is an insurance broker. Check them out, honan.com.au, Hollywood. Tills, I know you won't give me a black sheep kit because you don't want people like me riding it. Can I get a t-shirt at least, a black sheep t-shirt? Is that okay? Just a t-shirt, like the one John You've got your code. You've got your code. You just haven't... (laughs) Let's talk about the the race today. It was a big finish to six big days of racing. Today, 110 kilometres, approximately 3,100 metres of elevation. That's huge. And the finish for the first time at Mount Lofty, it really did have have everything uh, despite the television coverage jay vine he started the day with a 15 seconds advantage over simon yates yates won the stage over the race leader but vine did enough to hang on uh, tills it was brilliant i thought overall yeah it looked really really difficult i also rode 3000 meters this morning just as i'm um, a bit of a method um podcaster just to get really in the vibe of how challenging that would be and um <laughs> Yeah, it looked very, very difficult. I think the particularly the last 10K, you know, you had that break that was off the front um, who were working very hard. Uh, but then um, in the final final few kilometres, we saw another break get away as well. And just the peloton was so strung out, which really just shows how much the pace was on. But Jay Vine never looked in trouble. Yates was always a little bit back, um, but looking comfortable. And you could see him winding up. You could see him ready to launch and and try to smack over the top of where Vine was sitting. And, um, yeah, he took um, Ben O'Connor, another Australian who rides for AG2R, uh, with him when Yates Yates attacked. But as soon as you saw Jay Vine bridge across, you knew it was all over um, with GC. Uh, once, he, once he was there, he was never going to lose it, and the three of them came into the finish line together. It's funny you say that, how you said it was hard because after the stage I was talking to Scott McGorry and he was saying that some of the top riders were saying the stage wasn't hard enough. Really? Yeah, that's yeah. what he said to me because I was uh, just I snuck into the VIP. So I uh, <laughs> we spoke to him afterwards and he said, uh, yeah, some of the riders, some of the top riders said it wasn't hard enough. The finish wasn't hard enough because there were still quite a few together at, at the yeah. end. He said it might be better if that type of stage today was like the second last stage to soften mm. them up and then go, you know, to a hard one. It definitely wasn't a Wollonga stage. And I think that's why it may have felt a little bit flat, just because mm. it sort of was all still together, it was still together. And then there was like a K to go and it broke. And, and then that was it. And it was like, oh, we 
spent the whole day with this build-up and excitement of watching from 11.30am and it just came down to the last few minutes. Yeah, it was, a, it was definitely, as I've been, this is my 14th one, it was definitely a different feel at the top. There were still stacks and stacks of people there, but it was definitely a different feel. And a lot of people actually went home today because they thought Wollonga yesterday was sort of like the main stage and today they thought it was going to be a nothing stage. So there was a lot of people who checked out and left today. But, um, yeah, I think you might have to go back to Wollonga next year. Can I just say, look, I re- I'll argue with you because uh, in the past, especially when Richie Port uh, was dominating the Wollonga stages, uh, didn't we see uh, the race come to a conclusion, a climax on that last climb? I think from memory, they would climb Wollonga two or three times, mm-hmm. uh, but it wasn't until the last uh, few kilometres when they would, when the race would explode. What's the difference between that and what we saw today? I guess the difference is it's a longer last climb, I guess. So it's, mm. uh, yeah, it's a yeah. longer last climb, I, I would say. Yeah, you saw Richie Port today? Agree with yeah, that. I saw Richie Port last night and I saw him uh, today. So, yeah, he was good. He was in good spirits there with his wife and um, little child. So, no, he was good. Mm. Well, let's have a look at uh, Simon Yates. He said afterwards that he did everything he possibly could. So he was resigned to finishing second. Uh, Pretty satisfied with that, despite the fact that he won the stage. And uh, Jay Vine didn't win a stage, Tills, yet he collected overall honours. Yeah, look, I think, you know, I I have credited Scott McGorry. I thought it was brave of him to put the prologue in. But um, unfortunately, with the conditions, it it did almost ruin the bike race. um, And there was just too many... um, too, uh, too many um, riders who were caught in the rain who couldn't push as hard as they'd like to and um, Yates was one of those he he finished the prologue in 38th position he was already 26 seconds down and um, he knew from the get-go that that was going to be incredibly difficult for him to come back with where Vine was ninth and 14 seconds down and so you know he already had quite a gap um, going into the stage and a head start um, on Yates so I'm not sure where the prologue sits, whether they bring that back or it's a little bit too risky just in um, just for an event where it's all played on one and two seconds. Um, mm. But equally, seeing the event, I actually wonder whether um, Yates should have been Jayco's main rider from the beginning. I think they may have picked Matthews well before the tour or they may have picked him just because he had a good prologue. But seeing the way the stages played out, the corkscrew, um, and today, I don't think it would have suited Matthews as much as Yates. Uh, and obviously, Matthews went into a bit of a domestic role today. Um, but I think on reflection, I wonder whether Yates should have always been their key rider. So what you're saying is the prologue or the overall race was won and lost during the prologue. Um I'll play the devil's advocate with you, Tills. Um, it rarely rains. It never rains in yeah. January in Adelaide. And that was just a freakish moment when the rains uh, tumbled, t- tumbled on Tuesday evening. It, uh, it didn't rain any other, in any other, on, on any other day, no, uh, Hollywood. No, no, it didn't. So I reckon keep the prologue. Yeah, I'd like to see the prologue go around again one more year. Just I like, to, I like things to be different, not like our nationals where it's at Ballarat for the last 278 years doing the same course, doing, you know, yeah. like I like things to be a bit different. Yeah, I forgive uh, Stuart O'Grady uh, full credit for uh, refreshing this tour down under. The lofty finale, I think it's, it should stay. Perhaps uh, 
uh, do something a little bit different? I don't know. Look, I know that there's a back road up the lofty where the car park is, where it can be really steep and I think challenging. And I think that could decide the race and make it a little bit more entertaining for TV watchers. But they didn't finish in that car park area where the lookout is. Yes, yes. No, they didn't. They finished uh, before that, even maybe Green Hill. But look, uh, these guys know Adelaide better, certainly better than I. So look, they'll look at everything that happened and went down. They'll get feedback from the teams and they will uh, reload for something next year. And I'm sure it'll be it'll be different. So I look forward to it. So Tills, uh, Jay Vine uh, wins the TDU in his first attempt. Uh, a great start, great debut for him and his new team, UAE. He's had an incredible six months. Two stages at the Vuelta, uh, the national time trial title uh, a week or so ago. Um, where to now for this 27-year-old? He's just doing incredible things. Uh, why has it taken so long? Uh, his career as a professional started only, what, two or three years ago, and all of a sudden, bang, 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 he's going places. Well, Mike, that's that's mine. Bang, bang, bang. That's me. That's me. It's because he was it's in a cave. Isn't it? Yeah, it's trademark. That's because he was in a cave doing Zwift. That's all he did. And he yeah. got plucked out of obscurity from Zwift. And now he's, as you said, he's got these results. So, yeah, it's incredible. I also think um, just on the team front, you know, he was a very much a neo-pro on Alperton Phoenix and absolutely given no um, spotlight in that team. It's all, all about Matthew Vanderpoel on that team. And, um, yeah, he was given no very, very little support. Um, it was always a bit of a joke that he was the Zwift winner and, you know, he obviously got in there with a bit of an asterisk into the Pro Tour but has certainly shown himself um, and you've got to think about that, like Alps and Phoenix, they've, say as an example, last year, they, um, their budget for the World Tour budget was 10 million euro. He's now on a team with UAE Emirates, which is 40 million euro. So imagine wow. what you can do in a team that has 30 million more euro mm. than the team you were on. It's the support, the psychologists, the dietitians, the the altitude camps there's just so much more support and um so I think we're just going to see him go further and further and have more confidence and shake off that he was he got there through you know this corridor that not many professionals have have entered the world tour with so you said 40 million 40 million euro wow they could they could almost afford Tomo for a sportsman's night with that type of That's money. That's their budget. That's their budget. Hollywood, now you're, you're playing child games. Uh, let's just recap the uh, general classification. Jay Vine on top with the uh, leader's jersey, Victoria. Simon Yates finished 11 seconds in arrears. And the Spaniard from Bahrain, Victoria, Peo Bilbao. I uh, didn't see much of him today. He probably burnt all his uh, bickies on that uh, uh corkscrew road stage where he was too far back he was too far back um yeah um what else caught your eye from this final stage tills um no the crowds look good i thought just the excitement of being up there and it just looks like just having been down at tour down under really just it looks like it was back you know that the rides are on i thought the expo looked really good um there was some great brands in there and um just good energy i felt like you know i've been to tour down under for many many years having worked um and ridden there and i like i worked there in the years that lance armstrong was there so i've seen it in um yeah a lot of versions but i think um 
just before the pandemic, the energy was really dying out of it a bit. Um, it felt like everyone needed almost a bit of a break because it seemed like the same thing every year. And um, and so this year after the break, I think the energy's really come back and I think everyone that didn't go will be keen to go this year. And um, so, yeah, I think, I think the organisers um, have done a great job to bring everyone back and, um, yeah, looking forward to next year and... Yeah, and I think on both the men's and women's side, it was great racing. And now we turn our heads towards um, Cadell's Great Ocean Road Race uh, World Tour One Day Classic next weekend. We're all going to be watching you, Tills. Everyone's going to be all eyes on Tills. <laughs> if we, if you win, can you? We do a special podcast where we interview. <laughs> I won't be talking to you if I win. Don't worry. <laughs> oh, oh, geez, we're, we're just we're, we're just lepers, you and I. We're Mike, just way down the pecking order, aren't we? <laughs> no, fair there was a crit around town last night, yeah. and Cal O'Brien actually won it in the men. So he was down there, and I saw him today, and he's doing um, Cadell's next week. So I'm not sure who's dropping out of the Jayco team for him. So he'll be doing that next week, and a FDJ rider. Road um, it won won the women's mm. and apparently the men only finished up with uh, ten riders at the end. It was so hard. And I know speaking to your friend Mike Nicole O today, she only lasted five minutes. So it was uh, apparently a brutally tough crit for everyone hard. last night. Yeah, I heard it was really hard. Yeah, no, and that's and that again another great event, bringing energy into the city. So um, yeah, no, it was really good and yeah, it's been great to dissect it each day with you guys. Tills, you mentioned uh, the women's race. It's you know it's uh, it finished a week ago. Have you had a chance to talk to some of the competitors, some of the ladies, and their thoughts, and uh, uh, whether there should be any changes to that particular race? What would they like to see in in future tour down under editions? No, I haven't heard too much feedback on the change because I think the best riders um, were the cream of the crop and and um, were shown on the day. So I, I haven't heard about too many changes. Mostly, really, just heard about the positivity on on the event being back and um, the excitement of that, and um, you know, just being able to be on home roads for so many people and to have friends and family. Um, but yeah, I'll have a chat to a few internationals next week and see what they think. But because it's had a break, a lot of the internationals hadn't been here before. Um, and I think uh, we do it better than most events. This is the only, well, I don't know, but pretty much one of the only um, tours where you stay in the same spot. And for an athlete that travels majority of the year and majority throughout each tour, like, you know, at the Tour de France, they pack up their bags every morning and go into a brand new hotel room every night. Now, that's exhausting for someone that's not riding over the Alps. Um, and here they get, you know, it's a very relaxed, enjoyable environment and they get to come back to the Hilton every night. So I think they've been really treated really well and looked after really well. So uh, I've only heard positive things so far. But would the, would the women like more than three days of competition, more, th- oh, three, more than three sure. solid days? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's what, you know, it's not a bad thing that we're just all begging for more. Everyone's saying the same thing. And um, yeah, I'd love to see it go to at least four days. They can definitely do it. Um, and I just hope that they can make that change. So yeah. Hollywood, uh, it's rant time and uh, you've got a big one today. Tell us about it. I've got two. Oh. I've got two rants. Sorry, Tills. The first one is I rode all the way out to Lobethel today just to go to the bakery so I could get a um, bee sting and uh, a salad wrap because I had one the other day on the challenge ride. It was delicious and it was shut. So I rode 50Ks for nothing. Like what What sort of it's bakery? Sunday. 
Yeah, but Mate, it's Sunday. Mate, that's the, bakery that's day. That's what I mean. The whole of Adelaide is shut on a Sunday. You know that. Well, I was, no, the I didn't. And Adelaide. I got there and the there was a big of bunch churches. of guys out the front and I said, don't you dare tell me this is shut. And they go, yep. And they said, we rode here too. I, I swore. I won't swear on this. All the kids <laughs> listening. So I was furious on that. And then the second rant is actually quite – this is quite funny. Not funny. Like – I was in the VIP and my bike was out the front and someone actually at the top of the climb at the finish, someone actually opened up my brakes. I got a rim, opened up the brakes and with an Allen key unscrewed and took out one of my brake pads. This is a true story. What? Yeah. Serious. Serious. They took my front brake pad out. So, because because when I always go, when I hop on my bike, I always just go with the gear, with the brakes just to I like them tight. And I thought, geez, that's really loose. And I looked yeah. down; it'd been opened up. I thought, geez, that's weird. So I tightened it and shut it, made it tight. And then I rode like just out the gate, and I put the front brakes on. It went, and I went, shit, oh what's God, happened? Sabotage. And I looked down. And someone had sabotaged my front rim brake and un- got a little Allen key and unscrewed the thing and took it out. So I went to the bike shop, uh, Elliot Cycles, because they're open at five in uh, Rundle Street. Great guys in there, Toby. Thank you. And they, he said, yeah, it's definitely been unscrewed and someone's taking your brake pad out. So someone tried to sabotage the old cripple who's got two broken hands <laughs> before he descended down the hill. So I had to descend down Green Hill just with a back brake with my broken hand killing me. So whoever did that, thank you very much, but you didn't knock me off. <laughs> oh, my gosh. This feels like a like a cycling CSI. I know. Like, as I I'm say, to us, okay, I'm – Hated by some, but loved by many more. Uh, more love you, more love you than hate you, Hollywood. Especially when you come out of a lift wearing just a towel around you. Um, Tills, uh, it's been a great uh, tour down under, and uh, hopefully we'll be back, uh, courtesy of Black Sheep and Honan um, Insurance Group uh, for the uh, Giro and the Vuelta. But I've got to say the. Riders that lined up for the Tour Down Under this year were just incredible. Chris Froome, a four-time Tour de France winner. Simon Yates, a Grand Tour winner. Jai Hindley was there. Geraint Thomas as All well. All Grand Tour winners. All Grand Tour winners. So, um, you know, when they, when people from overseas take a look at the highlights from this Tour Down Under, and I'm sure they'll they'll think, wow, what a great race. Uh, it was predominantly pr- pretty sunny, except for that prologue. I think it's been a great success. And personally, I've known Stuart O'Grady since the mid-1990s when he came onto the scene as a professional for the first time. And to see him um, do so well, uh, just refreshing this uh, tour down under, uh, he he could not have asked for a better finish, a better result, a better final stage. So uh, strength to him for future tours. Definitely. And Tills, I just tried that code for my black sheep t-shirt and it come up in ballad. So can you send me a different one? (laughs) Tills, we have to say thank you to uh, the people that have been listening. From the feedback that I've received, the domestiques is growing in numbers and let's hope it's a reflection on the actual figures that come out. Hollywood, you're a superstar, Tills. You're magnificent. Me, well, I'm just plodding along, just going along for a ride. I'm a washed up broadcaster. I know you do. Hey, thanks for listening. Thank you, Black Sheep. Thank you, Honan. Thank you, everybody. The Domestics by Black Sheep Cycling.